Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. What's up out there, podcast land? So glad you guys are here with us. Man, we have an all-star crew here. Ooh, yes, we Me do. Me and Mona. Hey! <laughs> we, got, we also have... <laughs> Now he cracks himself up. <laughs> Train of thought is just out the window. Out the window. As you can hear, we do have producer Dan here with us. B team represent. That's right. <laughs> uh, we do have the youth pastor Drew. Woo-hoo. If you're B team, what am I? You're part of B team. You're the water boy. <laughs> Goodness. And then we have always right here with me, my home slice, Miss Mona. Hey, everybody. She is always with me. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, gla- hey guys, so word on the street is <laughs> the Goose of Grace is coming in January. January 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he meant 2021, Dan. Okay. Okay. Producer Dan just <laughs> Oh, man. I was like, we said no dates. We said no dates. We just came out. Apologies, everyone. It's 2021. I was over here checking my calendar real quick. I was like, hold on. I kid you not, guys. If he y'all did freak us, out. He did. He really no, did. No, no, he I mean, I don't want this to be a video thing, but if it was, it would have been a good one. <laughs> my, man, my man went stone faced over there. Eyes were Eyes big and wide open. I did forget there is such thing as January. <laughs> we almost lost the producer. There that you was... go. Oh my lord! <laughs> there may be better podcasts out there, the but I'm telling you, I bet nobody has as much fun as we do. Welcome to Redneck Bill. <laughs> I'm telling you, look us up on a map. Oh my goodness! Yes. And if you're still listening, <laughs> yeah, turn your your Bible oh. to Isaiah chapter nine. I call it Redneckville, and we got uh, a young lady from Upper New York, from uh, Western um, New York, Western New York, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, go Bills! I'm gonna say I just made the playoffs, and then Dan, <laughs> who is anything but a redneck. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Drew despises to be called a redneck. <laughs> oh, he got red hair, man. <laughs> he does everything he can, and so that leaves really just one redneck <laughs> in the bunch, me. But we're in Redneckville, by yes, golly! Yes, yes. But hey, we have fun. All right, now that we've hopefully uh, we haven't lost any listeners. Man, I I'm gonna tell you something. If we lost listeners over laughing, <laughs> I won't finish my statement. Yeah, because it good. could push them away. <laughs> but anyway, just laughter doeth good like a it medicine. Does, uh, and and, and I'm telling you, it. as we close out this year, coming to the end of it, don't we need some laughter? Yes. Amen. I mean, it has been so <laughs> just sticking the muddy. All <laughs> producer Dan has got something going on with facial expression. Nerves are steel, don't you, Dan? <laughs> Stick in the muddy. What's I wrong? touched the mic. Was it a bad I, I, thing? I heard Ms. Mona adjusting the mic. <laughs> all, all I can think is I'm gonna have to clean that up later. Anywho, I'm the so audio I just want to make you earn your keep. Yes. Hey, so I am Pastor Hank. Um, I'm the pastor of this here thing. <laughs> 
office of Marion Baptist Church and proud of it. And um, so glad you guys are here with us. So seriously, we're gonna get on with it now. Um, we are. We're gonna be looking at. It's a two-parter. So um, we're gonna finish it up next week. So, but this week we're gonna get started in Isaiah chapter nine. Um, we're gonna deal with um, one of the most known passages. Yep. About names of Jesus from Old Testament wise, um, about who he would be, and it's obviously. Isaiah's given a messianic prophecy here. Um, messianic means about the Messiah. You can get that out of it. And so I'm going to have Miss Mona read um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, and then say a prayer. Okay. How's that? All right. Um, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Father, I pray that we would accurately handle your word of truth tonight, and we thank you that we can um, come together and laugh and share your word, and we thank you for those who are listening, and we, I pray that we would do nothing but lift you up, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So, And actually, I want to back up to sort of set the context of it. Um, it's also another, I think, fairly known passage there in verse 2 of chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness. Mm -hmm. Who walks in darkness? Sinners. Sinners. Everybody that doesn't know Jesus. Right. And so um, if you're out there in darkness, we know if you go to 1 John chapter 1, uh, where the Bible says that there's no shadow in God, uh, darkness is a picture of sin. Mm -hmm. And right. that's how our lives look outside of Jesus. So the people who, saw, who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Isn't it great? We, we were talking about all of us, um, even with Mister Mona <laughs> Tyler out there, out in the commons area about churches, and they are churches are some of the darkest places on earth when the lights are out at night. And I, I guess it's because you know some have um, stained glass windows and they don't let a lot. So, man, I'm serious. If you go into our old sanctuary and buddy, you got the lights off, it's dark. You ain't kidding. <laughs> It's it's just flat out just boogery yep. in there, and the greatest thing you can do is hit a light. What happens? We we've talked about this, so you should know that out out there. What happens to the darkness when the light shows up? The darkness is gone, and the darkness cannot overcome the light. The light overcomes the darkness, but the darkness cannot overcome the light. And what a great picture of yeah. Jesus and sin. Yep. What a great picture. Darkness is just the absence of ab absence absence yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of wow. light. Yep. So is that Drew's definition or the real definition? That's, that's the real definition. Okay. <laughs> and that's what a dark. But when light comes, darkness has got to run. Yep. It, it cannot stay in the presence of it. So um, let's go. Let's talk about this real quick. Um, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. Uh, as I, I spoke a little bit about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, 
the first part for unto us a child is born that speaks of his humanity right. when it speaks of his birth uh, it speaks of um, a child it all it, that's dealing with his humanity w- w- why does he need to be what's so important about that and i'll just give this and then the second part is um, unto a son is given that's his deity so why is it so important that we stress that jesus was 100 percent human and 100 percent god I don't care who answers. <laughs> well, we talked about it um, in the episode that when we dealt with Hebrews and talked about how Jesus took on flesh and blood and the importance of that and why he had to be born as a man um, because he needed to be like us. He needed to be one of us in order to, and there's many aspects as to why, but in order to pay that sacrifice that needed to be paid, he had to be a man a perfect man, which we are not, um, but he had to be a man. But then also it goes on and talks about how then he can, um, he suffered the temptation, suffered the way that we suffer. He faced the temptations that we faced. Um, he shares in our weak, shared in our weaknesses. And so in those senses, then he's able to um, <clears throat> meet in us where we are and understands where we are. And so because of that, he needed to be a man in those senses also. He's looking at me like... Where are we? <laughs> what do you mean? You said he, he asked you... <laughs> yes, I know we're chatting. But he said, he, you know, he, what did you say? I don't know. What did I say? <laughs> you said something about um, that he, where we are, he can sympathize with us. Right. Where are we? Well, because we're in the midst of this world. Uh-huh. And so we're in the midst of the trials and the sufferings and the temptations that come with being in this world. And he was here. And so he faced those same things. Mm-hmm. Anything you guys? One of the things I was sitting over here thinking about is the the specific way he came really robs any sense of royalty or importance or, or any faith, uh, not faith, pride that we would, you know, try to associate with ourselves. So if you ask, you know, a king arrives, how do they arrive? Well, there, there's a lot of celebration, a lot of, Pomp you know, yeah, you know. yeah, those type of things. All of that's missing, which, it, you know, for the majority of us is great news because it means that he understood what, what we're going through. He understood, you know, what it meant to not feel like you have a home and what it meant to, you know, not be given all these things that ruled he's given. And it, and it also brings forth that idea of the upside down kingdom where everyone was looking for a king, but they were looking for an earthly king. Yes. And I just think it, it's just amazing how perfectly the circumstances around Jesus' birth fit with the kingdom of God. Yep. And even in his arrival, he didn't even, he didn't come to the religious elite. He came right. to shepherds. Right. And I said, he came to shepherds out in a field. Right. Shepherds, they were considered one of the lowest of the low. That right. profession yes. was was of nothing if you were a shepherd you would keep that secret right and but that's who he came to and i believe i think you can draw the parallel that what was being said was the announcement being to those and not the religious elite is that he's announcing is coming for everybody yeah. mm-hmm. not just the pharisees and the herodians and the sadducees and that those groups but he came for everybody yes uh, i want to deal with something real quick too jesus and and by the way, if if you want a full context of this, you can go to um, Marion's Facebook page and get a copy of, um, or listen to my sermon from yesterday. 
Jesus has always been. Yes. I don't want you to think that he became, he, he was not as a part of the Trinity until he was born. Wrong. Right. He, he was not in flesh and blood, but he took that. So I don't really want to get too deep. He, <laughs> he, he didn't take on the flesh and blood until he was born, but he always was. Right. Genesis, I mean, John chapter 1, one right. verse 1 and 2 and 3 and follows. Um, and several of verses I give you. So it's not a question of has he always been. He's God. He's always been. Right. It's always been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Right. So he's always been. But he did not take on flesh and blood until the incarnation. Yes. Right. Which speaks to his humanity. Right. What about a deity? <clears throat> which speaks to what I was just talking about. Right. A son. Whose son? God's son. I'm going to get deep. <laughs> Just go there. Is he really God's son? <clears throat> or is that just the role? Well, we talk, I was thinking this, this morning when I was going through this and thinking about this and that we had talked about that. And actually, oh, we did talk about it? We did. And okay. We actually tried to record it a couple times and it didn't happen. But <laughs> but we did talk about that and, and um, that it is the role that he plays. Yes. Yes. And and he and that role became even more defined than when he was born. Yes. On yes. Earth. So, yes, it did become because then it was as if right. he was a child, right? Because of his humanity, right? So, um, mighty quiet over there, youth pastor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking the man a few words oh. here. <clears throat> Can we look at the structure of of those two sentences? Let's. Um, so, where you know it says for us. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. You know, <clears throat> with the Bible, everyone tells you, look at look at wordage because they didn't write like we wrote. But still, if you were just reading this, you're like, why do you have to say it twice? And mm. uh, that's actually a Hebrew tool that Isaiah is using right here to stress the point. Say that this is not says the seminary student. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it this time. <laughs> but no, he, he, he's saying His, you know, your dad so, makes sure he got it. In. <laughs> To, to point out the fact that this isn't just a, a, a normal child. This is, you know, mm-hmm. someone special. It's not just a prophet. It's not a good prophet, but this is the Messiah being born. And so I find that really found that really cool. Oh, Look, you're right up mine and Mona's yeah, alley right. and dealing with words and structures. Now, I could not structure that sentence absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't have a clue. When you go there, you've lost me. Here's what I know. It's important. Yep. So, and how it's structured, that's, good. that's actually a good catch. Yep. Well, um, and also I read, you know, I was looking at it, that ha- it's, saying a son is given meaning that it is a gift yeah and and you know we talk about that at christmas and it's it's almost become cliche to talk about that jesus is the greatest gift and and what i mean by that statement is that i think people say it without really realizing what they're saying and yet here it does show to us that it is a gift that's been given to us. And then as you, if you dig deeper into it and find out why, which we talked about last week, why Jesus had to be born so that he could save us and be our savior, then we really see the gift mm-hmm. that was given. And so I think too many times we hear things like that and we just see it at the surface, but we need to dig deeper and see what does that actually mean. Absolutely. Uh, don't, and, and I think that's one of the issues we have in all of Christianity is we just want to be surface shallow yeah. Christians. Right. Yeah, okay, I take it. He's the reason for the season. He's the greatest gift of all. Well, why? Right. Why, you ought to be able to define what, you're, what you mean when you right. say that. Yep. 
you know, always, uh, you know, so I can give you more scripture to back it up. Okay, the Bible says to be able to defend what you believe all the time, mm-hmm. in season and out of season. Right. You know, so um, it's important that you know that, and, and it all points back to um, giving. That means it's got to already be there to be given. You, mm-hmm. you don't, I can't give, for example, my son, who is the youth pastor, I can't give him a gift if I don't have it. Right. So it's already there, right. and it, that's established. Uh, he's uh, and and we'll look at places like that. Mm-hmm. So and, and um, I love this. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. It means ultimately he's in charge of everything. Yes. Um, all ends. He's the judge. He's everything. I, I don't. I mean, that sounds sort of cliche too, but it's so true. He's just everything. Er, people say all the time, "I just don't know what this old world's coming to." I can tell you it's coming. Jesus. <laughs> yes. Sooner or later, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And in the midst of that, he will rule and reign from the temple in Jerusalem. How that's all going to work out, I have absolutely right. no clue. But I know he's going to be there, and he's going to be on the throne. The scepter, the Bible says, shall not leave his hand. Yes. And so, by the way, it's a nail-scarred hand because he died for you. Yep. How? Okay, I, just, I want you here. here you go. Here's a great question for the day. And it's a personal question question to know that jesus died for you how does it make you feel Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) everybody looks to ms mona first i know what's up with that but you are the co-host oh okay that's what it is because it i mean when if you get down to to really, how does it make you feel? It's overwhelming to think about that. Mm-hmm. And and you have to think about how much he must have loved me. Not just, I mean, I know somebody um, who confessed that they really struggled with the fact that Jesus loved them individually. And that when you talk about, um, for God so loved the world, that you have to realize that it's pointing to yourself individually also and many people have difficulty with that and so but to think about that that he loved me even if I was the only person mm-hmm. on earth he would have still done it because he loved me enough to do that for me it's it's overwhelming it's humbling it's um I mean it's just it it makes me want to serve him more and more and to and to do all that he desires for me to do more and more because he did that for me. Absolutely. Man, everybody's <laughs> looking at me. All right. Uh, no, it, just to kind of go along with what Mona said, um, when I really started to understand just how just insanely humbling it is um, was when my, my mom passed away, we, uh, we went to her funeral and – People kept the thing that kept just coming back from people we ran into and the pastor there um, was they knew all these things about us that my mom was proud of. Hmm. You have to understand my relationship with my mom was not one that anybody should be proud of, and it it just destroyed. It just broke me inside because I my mom was not ignorant of who I was at that time. But in spite of who I was, because of who she was, she was proud of me. Mm. Now, you take that and and multiply it infinitely, and you begin to understand the way Jesus felt when he was dying for you specifically. Not We try to say you and and not think of the individual 
person to keep us kind of at a safe distance where yeah. we don't have to think about it. But he died for Dan Amos, knowing full well how just the depth of his sin was and still willingly did it, even though he had committed no sin his entire life. And that is absolutely humbling. Yes. So you have to let me finish before I, what I say, because I know she's going she's, she's gonna to say something. So what does my, that mean? My, my, first, um, my, my first reaction is, is com- confusion, you know, because I look, at, I look at everything I've done, you know, nitpick all the sins in my life, everything I, I've ever done, and say, how could a perfect God who demands excellence still love me and die mm-hmm. for me, even though I've done A, B, C, mm-hmm. D, and I do it every day and sit against him every day. So, I mean, my first reaction is just confusing. How can, you know, like I just said. And then, you know, <clears throat> once, once I settle down and get off the confusion standpoint, then, yeah, I definitely agree with um, Miss Mona. I almost said mister. Sorry. Because um, <laughs> I say it one time. And <laughs> wait till Tyler two times finds out he's mister. <laughs> one time on air. One time off. So it's two times. <laughs> but um, yeah, just overwhelming because then again, and, and uh, perfect God loving a non-perfect person. And you're absolutely right. The math doesn't add up. Right. Like no, we, it we, doesn't. Not even close. It, and it is there is kind of that confusion of why. And it's nothing you did. And, and that's I'm so grateful for the fact that nothing I did caused him to save me. It was who he was. Yes. And yeah. likewise, nothing I can do can ever cause him to take that salvation back. And and, and then, I'm so thankful. Uh, for that. Another uh, like another thing you can throw in there is the fact that he doesn't need us nowhere nowhere does it say god needed us no the only it's it's a one-way street we need god that's it period and and that's what makes it even more confusing is you know how could god even though he doesn't need me still love me so much that he wants to yeah exactly he he wants to have that relationship because you know in our worldly minds if we see somebody that has no use to us yeah we typically either a avoid them or b just Ignore I don't, them. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate you. I don't love you. You're just, yeah, you're right. just existing right. Right, to me. But yet God, we have we have no use to God, but God still, I love you. Right. And so that, that's what that's what adds to the confusion. True. <laughs> what? You haven't shared yours. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it, no, I just, anyway, I might can later. I can't right now. Um, it's just it's it's over your word overwhelming. Overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And and I'll say this: it's it's very personal now. And Dan, I know you can you having my dad um, go to heaven. It just it became so much more real. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that I was a pastor for eighteen years, <laughs> and and somebody's gonna go. Dude, it wasn't real. <laughs> I'm trying to make myself laugh. No, it was. Right. But I think I got a different perspective. So it's a different understanding. On of the it. necessity well, of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, because if, if, you, if you're looking on the outside, you know, you haven't had someone personally, you know, know, that you know that definitely went to heaven. Because, you know, every time someone passes, everyone's like, oh, well, they're in heaven. They gained, they gained their wings today, even though that's <laughs> theologically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, I said it, but, but you know, but, but you know, when you have, when, when you, when you know somebody who personally went there, like it personally is in heaven, mm-hmm. 
it, it does make it more real because you say, hey, I know for a fact that this person isn't there. Because, you know, if, if you don't know somebody and you go to the funeral because, you know, you're with a family, you say, Look, okay, I, I didn't know them. I don't know if they're in heaven or right. not. But, you know, you know that person. I, I know my grandpa's in heaven. Right. And so, like my dad said, I mean, that just makes it so much more real because, you right. know, hey, I have a person that I love and I care about that is now face-to-face with the creator of the universe. Right. And so, I'm just trying to stall. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. So let's just at least get in one word, one, <laughs> one name. So why? So we're at twenty three minutes, guys. Um, why is it that all that's true? And, and don't worry. In our next segment, I promise we'll deal with all these words or names, not words, but names. And I love this. And here's the part that I really love. And his name shall be called. Mm. I take me and Miss Mona off air had a little conversation about this. I do take it as two different titles, names, wonderful Mm -hmm. counselor. Mm -hmm. I see them as two different. If you see them as one, praise the Lord. You know, okay, I'm not, I'm not dying on that hill. (laughs) I see them and we're going to deal with them as two. Right. Because he's wonderful. Right. Can we go back though before we get there? Sure. And just recognize the fact that by saying that it's his, his name shall be called, that that's talking about his these are talking about his character. Yes. Um, in that, um, in the Old Testament times, the names that they were called, and you mentioned this in your sermon yesterday, and, and um, that the names that were called, named, were given, and there was meaning to them, and they were to reveal characters. And so these four here that are listed show us Jesus's character. So right. now you may go. Now you can go. Well, I would say five, not four. Okay, five. Sorry, see, <laughs> forgot already. <laughs> um, they do, um, and it is his character, and, and that's right. And I think um, somebody asked me last week, you know, especially the passage that I preached, that in, in verse uh, Matthew chapter one, we may not get to a name on one of the names they. It says he shall be called Jesus, and then later on it says, and he should be Emmanuel. Well, why did they call him Emmanuel if they just called him Jesus? Here's why. Because there's not one title or one name that can fully right. in, um, um, what encapsulate yeah. who mm-hmm. he is. Right, right. Um, so my son just tried to be all grammar police <laughs> on me over here. <laughs> Tell you something, buddy. I'm a senior pastor. We'll do what I say. <laughs> there's no comma, so... <laughs> So he's but wonderful. it depends on the translation you're looking at. I was at. about to say, New King James, there's a yeah. comma. <laughs> okay, oh, somebody just got dead. Well, Don't come at me. Don't come at me. Don't come at me. What do you preach out of? Yeah, well, that's me. true. Okay, there's, and the, there's, there's no, there's no, no comma. comma. So, right. bud, so if you go off what you live and die on, what you preach from, then uh, there is no Father, comma. son here. <laughs> but Pastor, you pastor. <laughs> King James, are you what? Oh, so you're a King James only pastor. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't know the we were that new. I meant to say new, which is right under my ESV here. Has it? So we're gonna deal with wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> the name means extraordinary. It literally means miraculous. Mm, yeah. I mean, how much better now? So if you and your little youth pastory ways <laughs> want to be shallow. And not call them wonderful. That's okay. No, I understand. He is wonderful. wonderful. I'm just saying. In, in, in this <laughs> sentence, it says wonderful counselor. No comma. It's so, not wonderful. He is <gasps> counselor. Wonderful. I also saw the um, definition of marvelous. 
Yes. Yeah. I think I yeah. just left that one yeah. out. And I was right. I ran out of room right. in my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so was, let's just be honest. He is. Yes. All those. And, and so think about the context that he's, you know, we, we, we really try to, I think at times, be so holy in our speech. And, you know, me and my son, we're just goofing here a little bit. But we try to be so at times churchy mm-hmm. in our words. And we want to say things like his name, you know, as I preached yesterday, and oh my goodness, don't nobody get offended by this. He's Emmanuel. <laughs> He's Jesus. Let me just tell you straight. My man's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you with me? I mean, yep. everything you guys said, he's wonderful. Can't yes. we just have a regular word yep. also to describe right. Jesus? Right. He's not just Emmanuel. He's not just holy. Yes, he is those things. But he's also wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all the connotations that we have mm-hmm. with that word of wonderful. And I know yep. we it's another one of those words, like we always say, that's just wonderful. He's wonderful. Yes. He's marvelous. Yes. He's uh, majestic. He's, uh, what's one of the words? Miraculous. Miraculous. He, the, think of all the miracles that he did so that he could be called wonderful. Yeah. You think he wasn't wonderful to the dude that was dead that he brought back to life? Right. You think he wasn't wonderful to the um, paralytic that was, he told to stand up? You think he wasn't wonderful to the guy with the withered hand that he mm-hmm. healed to? You think he wasn't wonderful to the people that were deaf that he gave hearing to? You think he wasn't wonderful to the person that could not speak, and yet the Bible says he loosed their mouth? You think he wasn't wonderful to those people? Yes. Don't be so stinking churchy in all of our answers to describe Jesus. Yes, he's Jesus. Yes, he's Emmanuel. Yes, he's Jehovah. Yes, he's holy. But he's also wonderful. Yes. He's precious. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to throw in another word. <laughs> Well, another one I was thinking of that gets gets kind of just watered down because it's used so much is awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, we say, oh, this pizza is awesome. No, no, Jesus is it's awesome. awesome. Yes. Yes. That pizza yeah. just tastes good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's another we example love of a word that we use. Yeah, that we, we love it. it. Yeah. It's another word we throw. We love it. We love things. I love this. I love that. Like our pasta yes. and our husbands. Yes. <laughs> Wait, you have a husband? <laughs> <laughs> that was a Mona quote. That was a Miss Mona quote. He's mocking me again. Uh, sorry, Making I Making sure to... that brought, got brought up again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So a spicy episode. Oh, wow. You had clickbait. You're sorry, bait click. Our, <laughs> you're making our listeners nervous. Oh, oh your Dan. Never mind, never mind. I was reading in, I'm reading a book about Christmas by Timothy Keller, and he, in it, he states that um, nobody that encountered Jesus just liked him. Exactly. They either got really mad at him. Or they were just amazed by him, but nobody really just liked him. And that hasn't changed. Yes, no, absolutely not. You're going to be emotionally challenged one way or the other to either love or hate. I mean, it's it's a fine line of love and hate, but I agree. Yeah. You know, the only people I think that will be found just sort of middling in the middle, Christians. Mm-hmm. The average ones. Yeah. I'm just, I, mean, I hate to say that. No, those lukewarm Christians. Those yeah. lukewarm Christians yeah. of the Laodicean church. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I'll come with them. If you if you meet Jesus like us four have met Jesus, it's not no settling for just a when, Sunday morning mess. And if you really want to know if you're lukewarm, how did you answer my father's question about what? How, can you repeat the question? About <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I, I don't know how to structure it. Man, Man, it was rolling so there for a serious. second. I know it. Yeah. I don't know how to structure Dude, it. Dude, you had it. You could have knocked it out of the park. I don't know how to structure it. I'm not good with words. I say, what, is, what does the thought of Jesus' death mean to you? And if it's just like, oh, cool, then yeah, you might be a lukewarm Christian. 
And with Damn. that, we're going to close. <laughs> so, hey, seriously, I, you need to answer that question on your own. It's sort of like the question, who do people say that I am? What does his death mean to you? Yeah. You, you may say, well, wait a minute. It's Christmas. Why are y'all talking right. about that? Remember, the cradle always has the shadow of the cross yes. on it. Mm-hmm. Unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Yep. So, anyway, hey, Dan. Hey. Won't you, hey, close in prayer, then I'll okay. have a few thoughts. Right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, uh, not only for the birth of Jesus, but for the cross that that, that cradle ultimately leads to. Heavenly Father, if not for the cross, there would be uh, no reason to celebrate the mm. the, the birth, the cradle. Right. Um, Heavenly Father, we just pray that during this season where it's so easy to be distracted, that we focus solely on the, the wonderfulness, the beauty of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Heavenly Father, we pray that your word and the words that we've spoken about it go out to those who need to hear it. And we pray that they come back next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I am Hank Meadows, pastor of Marion Baptist Church here in Chatham, Virginia. Got my home slice, Miss Mona, with hey. me, always. And got producer Dan. Hey, hey. And my main man, my youth pastor, Drew Meadows. Hey, God bless you guys. See you next time.